0: Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament, one book at a time. How's it going, everybody? Hope you're having a good day with whatever you've got going on. We're going to be picking up in verse 10 of Romans chapter 9 today. This son was our ancestor Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Are we saying then that God was unfair? Of course not. For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. As we continue on into this part of the book of Romans, again, we see that Paul is explaining the work of God in the world. And we're invited to do the same, to take a look at how God works in the world around us. And there's an element when we do that, there's an element of worship to doing this. We have to be cautious as well as we consider how God works, because there's things that God does that doesn't make sense to us. And when we look at that, when we find a conflict of uh, or when we come up with questions when we think of and wonder why God would do what he does we have to remember that God does not owe us an explanation he does not owe us anything in response right <laughs> what we have from God what we know about God is what he reveals and sometimes what what we see God acting and how we see God acting in the world around us does not make sense but we'll get to that in a little bit it's okay Um, When we come to the Bible with questions and when we still leave with questions. But we are looking in these verses back at the teachings and the assumption here of, of some Christians looking at this scripture and looking at this as predestination. That God has elect people and that there are others that God just elects towards condemnation. Right? It seems that God picks and chooses his favorite, almost as if there's no rhyme or reason to who he picks. As we look at uh <laughs> Jacob and his brother Esau, the, the the comparison here is that it just almost seems random who God picks. There's no rhyme or reason for this. Why does God choose Abraham out of all of the rest of the people in the world? You know, why does God choose Jacob over Esau? You have to balance who God picks to work through. With the rest of scripture because when you start to see that well he picked jacob over esau he must have really liked jacob more jacob must have been really good well no god chose jacob before they were even born and when you look at the person of jacob even compared to esau Both of them were sinners, in case we start to lose sight of that. Jacob was full of all sorts of flaws that you can read about in the book of Genesis. Abraham, same thing. Anybody that God chooses directly to work with, he is working in and through and despite of the sin that's in their lives. And as we balance this with the rest of Scripture, what comes to mind is a verse that we already looked at in the book of Romans, Romans 2, verse 11, where we read that as people receive God's gift and as they inherit Um, The consequences of their choices, whether or not to receive God's gift of grace, we see that God doesn't show favoritism, whether they are condemned or become a part of his family. God does not show favoritism. Uh, Exodus 33, 19 is a verse that is uh, (laughs) mentioned in these verses as well, is referenced, God is the source of mercy. God shows mercy to all. If that still doesn't seem fair, right, as, if, as, as we see God picking some over others, if that still doesn't seem fair to you, remember that you are not alone in that thought. This is why, again, some Christians claim that Jesus died for some and not others. This sure seems like uh, along the same lines that this is, seems to be what Scripture is suggesting. I would propose to you here again the reminder that as we look at predestination, as we look at who God is and recognize that God knows who belongs to his family, and as we look at how he works in the world, that we tend to like to try and find some kind of resolution or answer to the questions we have. And we want it all to fit together really well and nicely just to put it all away nice and tidy like and put it in its own little space. There's a danger in doing that there. Uh, In doing this, because we may fill in the blank here. When we come to scripture with questions, we may come and read it with our own cultural filter on where we're looking for a particular answer. And when we start to read scripture with that kind of lens, we will start to cram a puzzle piece into a space that it just doesn't fit. Well, it looks kind of similar. It may sort of fit. The picture may look okay, but it, it doesn't, right? There's there's a, a, a disconnect here. So the danger here with coming to scripture with our own assumptions, instead of the greater point, is that maybe scripture is trying to communicate something greater than what we had originally thought. And when we start to fill in the blank with our own assumptions, we're, we're at risk for misinterpreting scripture. And it's okay. Again, I said this before, and I'll say it again here. It's okay to leave scriptures... Uh, with more questions than answers. And it drives us when we have that kind of question, do we see that? How does this make sense? How does this line up with the rest of what we read in the Bible? It drives us to be better students, to continue to go to the Bible, to study what God says and what he's revealing to us through his word. And as we look to Jesus to pray for wisdom so that we can understand what's being communicated here it still seems here that as we read these verses, that God is responsible for people not believing in him. And Paul gets into this a little bit more in the rest of Romans chapter nine. But Pharaoh, as the, the last example that we looked at in the verse, verses for today, Pharaoh seems to be one that Paul uses as one who God elects, even though he doesn't believe, God elects him to serve as a greater purpose. Pharaoh hears the message from God but he still refuses to believe it and to obey. Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, thus says the Lord, let my people go. And Pharaoh again and again and again and again says no. And eventually what we see happening is Romans chapter one, where God punishes the hardness of our hearts. He punishes sin by turning us over to that sin to see what it's like to live without him. And through the stubbornness of Pharaoh, he becomes an instrument that is greater used by God. And God displays his power and mercy and provision through the sin of another man. So here we take a look at this, and we'll get into this in the rest of chapter, chapter 9 of Romans here. But the takeaway question for us to consider here today is this. What are some ways that you've seen God use all people to accomplish his will? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.